Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Talking Point, and it's a very special episode for us today because we've got a very special guest on, and here is what's coming up on today's show. We speak to Aston Martin Driver Ambassador Jessica Hawkins. We ask you for your comments about the unluckiest driver of the season. We'll run through your most popular answers, and then we'll look ahead to the first ever Miami Grand Prix, and we'll dive straight into our interview today. We're very lucky to have had Aston Martin Driver Ambassador Jessica Hawkins appear on the show. Her Her season starts in W Series this weekend in Miami, and here is our full interview. I hope you enjoy it. Right, well, Jessica, thank you for coming on Talking Point. First of all, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. So we're speaking in the days after Imola and Aston Martin scored their first points of the season. Um, How is the mood around the team now? Um, I've only just arrived, to be honest, Um, but everyone seems okay. Everyone seems well. Everyone's uh, good morning, so it seems in good spirits. Yeah, especially getting off the mark for the season as well. It must be a good monkey off the back for the team. Yeah, I think it was nice to get both cars in the points. Um... But we know we've got a long road ahead of us. And to be honest, that's still not where we want to be. So, yeah, we move forward, but it's um, definitely a good step in the right direction. Yes, but but moving on to yourself as well, your, your sort of single-seater season should uh, should be starting in Miami with W Series. You know, you, you looking forward to that weekend? No, God, I, when, when I look back to the end of last season, I was thinking, God, and when the calendar came out, I was thinking that, that's so far away. But all of a sudden we're here and it's, um, it's in less than two weeks time and um yeah so very excited i think it's going to be an incredible weekend we've got two races as well which is great um so yeah very very excited and it's a debut for formula one in miami but it's you know, the third season that w series has uh has been in the calendar now so do you reckon it's um it's had the right effects on females in most sports so far do you reckon it's heading in the right direction Definitely. I think that speaks for itself, to be honest. The amount of more females that you see involved in motorsport now, not just the driving, but in all areas of motorsport, there are so many more now than what there were when I first started. So, yeah, it's definitely moving in the right direction. And I think W Series, as well as a few other programmes and Aston Martin, um, are definitely a big driving force behind that. Yeah. And um, when you go to race weekends now, you, you're getting sort of fans coming up to you and just wanting to replicate what you're doing too. Um, yeah, it's it. 
it's really heartwarming to be honest. Um, obviously, it was a quite difficult last year during W Series because we were still up against COVID. But I, I, I think the restrictions are a little more relaxed now, which is great. So hopefully, we can get a bit more, um, can see more of the fans and have more interaction with them. Yeah, another eight races as well, but they're they're sort of going to different places around the world too. So two American races and going to Suzuka as well and in Mexico. So going cross continental. I mean, that's that's going to be a fun experience, right? I know it's crazy, crazy experience, and oh, quite a lot of new tracks as well that I've never been to. So that's going to be amazing as well. I love learning new circuits, and but yeah, Miami being a street circuit is definitely um, high on my priority list. I love street circuits. Yeah, some of the most sort of uh, sort of raucous crowds as well, especially sort of Suzuka, Austin. You know, you're going to be like a big part of that weekend too. I know the crowds are incredible, but to be honest, I'm not going to lie. Silverstone was definitely my favourite, um, just because of home crowd and just it's, it, to me, it's a very special place because uh, I live half an hour down the road. Um, I can stay at home, and yeah, Silverstone is very special. And you're only uh, just down the road from it where you are now, I'm guessing. Yeah, literally, I could throw a stone and it would make it to Silverstone. Well, I am in Silverstone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but like, your season's already started, though. Want to want to race in the touring cars? That must be the perfect start mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, no, amazing, and it was um, a really great end to what had probably been a, uh, not a great weekend because we had a few issues in in qualifying in race one. But um, yeah, all fixed for race two, and I was very very pleased to to fight for that win so early on in the championship. Yeah, it sort of puts a marker down for your season as well. Like, how much confidence can you take from that? Yeah, that's it's probably fell at the perfect time to be honest. So, whilst a, a touring car is absolutely nothing like um, the, the W Series car, it has given me confidence going into the season. Um, so, yeah, not comparable in the slightest, but I have taken away some confidence. Like that that must be pretty fun though, being able to sort of switch between different cars. And do you almost sort of have different modes in your mind as to what when you're driving different things? Well, not necessarily in driving style, but just, you know, just it's in general. It's so different to drive. Um, I have had a lot, quite a few people ask me, do you not think it's going to confuse you? But I just think if there's one thing that I've, I've struggled with over my career is track time. And they're so far different that I don't think you could ever get them confused. Um, it is giving me more track time, which is something that I've struggled with over the years that I've been racing. So I don't see it as a bad thing. Yeah, and the W Series, I mean, obviously Jamie Chadwick's sort of been the top of the tree in the first couple of seasons, but do you reckon you can sort of take the challenge to her this year? Well, I'm definitely going to try, as I'm sure everybody else will, but um, we're all going to be fighting. But so moving into your sort of Aston Martin like role as, as driver ambassador, I mean, you've, you've had sort of firsthand insight, I'd imagine, of how the team has changed. I mean, I know you've only been doing this for just about a year, but how much has the, the team changed in that time? Because so much investment's gone into it. Yeah, and it definitely is. It's starting to grow. Um, again, I can only go off, uh, off of a year's experience, but the team is slowly starting to get bigger, um, full of passionate people here. And we're all wanting to win, if I'm completely honest. So, um, and it's a, it's, I still get the feeling it's a, it's a family team. Um, that's what it feels like. We're all one big family and we're all fighting to achieve the same goal, to be honest. Um, I don't think you'd be in Formula One if you didn't want to win. Um, it takes too much hard work and dedication. So everybody that's here loves what they do. Um, and you can definitely feel that within, within the team. That's an interesting point you've raised about still feeling like a family team because like there's been there's been talk of staff expansion maybe going up to about two hundred people so that's quite sort of impressive to keep it in that sort of same sort of feeling really. Honestly, I don't know anything about the figures or how many people are here or how many people are going to be here. Um, I just I think I know pretty much or certainly within the close 
bracket. I know everybody in kind of the same departments and um, yeah, we were going really well. And as I said, fighting for the same goal. Yeah. Has, has anything sort of um, surprised you about being sort of involved with the Formula One scene like this or have you sort of taken any lessons in your own driving? <laughs> so one thing that has really surprised me is how welcomed I felt so early on. Um, it's quite a daunting thing, you know. I've never worked for a Formula One team before, so coming to work at the pinnacle of motorsports, I and mean, I've dreamt about it for a very long time, it's quite daunting. Um, and instantly was put at ease. Everybody was so supportive um, and welcoming, so really I had nothing to worry about. Yeah, I've seen you've been at race weekends as well. So as, as a driver ambassador, what sort of thing does that sort of entail for you over the course of a weekend? So there are, I do quite a lot of work with the media, some tours, um, the sponsors, get to a fair few meet and greets. Um, my favourite, personal favourite part, obviously, over a weekend would be hot laps, if they're running. They haven't been running at everyone, but um, definitely my favourite has been that part. Um, I get to sit in on engineer briefs and debriefs and <clears throat> all things like that. So that's, they're kind of my main roles over the weekend. Yeah, so hot laps is that effectively you driving people around the track as yeah. fast as you can and scaring the scaring the hell out of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, has there been any anyone sort of famous you've had alongside you? I don't know. They've all got helmets on. <laughs> no, fair enough, fair enough. But um, yeah, it's in terms of race weekends as well. Like you, you must be able to sort of feel that buzz around what's going on, and that that can only like surely excite you more ahead of this weekend, especially heading to a yeah. new circuit too. I know Miami is going to be absolutely incredible. And also I get, I get to go on track walk as well with the drivers. Not at everyone, but on most of them I've been on track walks. Yeah, Miami is going to be off the chart. I think it's going to be one of the best races and I'm excited to experience it. Yeah, fair enough. And and hopefully the team will be able to sort of build on that as well. And um, like the drivers have still shown that, you know, they can they can master the wet conditions. I mean, both of them are excellent in the wet. And it, it shows the, you know, on the driving side of things, the, the team should hopefully be okay. It's just a case of just trying to or just bring themselves back uh, to, to the rest of the field, I guess. And um, like how, yeah. you know, how the team sort of gone about improving that from what you've seen? So I think nothing's going to be solved overnight. You know, we are literally talking about, first of all, I think it's incredible that so early on, there are so many teams so close together. Yeah. Well, everyone scored points now. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's incredible. So, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time to refine it and get us all the way at the front. But honestly, the drive that is here and between everyone, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. So we have a, an aggressive development program. And... As I said, we're making steps in the right direction. It's not going to happen overnight, but it is going to happen at some point and we will get there. Yeah. And in terms of the driving department too, I mean, I've, I've seen you speak about Sebastian Vettel before and um, and how much the sort of inspiration he's been. And um, obviously his his future isn't sort of confirmed beyond the end of the season, but I just wanted to ask, you know, if he, if he was to call it quits, like how much of a miss would he be, not just at the team, but in Formula One as a whole? Sebastian is loved all round. He is loved and rightly so, because he is an amazing person. I have no no idea. But working with him and and Lance and Nico Hulkenberg as well, I mean, have you, like, how much time have you been able to spend with them? How much have you been able to sort of learn from them as uh, as a driver yourself? A Formula One car and a W Series car, <clears throat> whilst they don't look a million miles apart, they're a single seater. They they're, they're really quite far apart to be honest. So whilst there's no direct co- correlation, um, I can learn from many other things like how they communicate, things they look for on track walk. Um, things they go through in debriefs, in briefs, um, the way that they work with the team. So yeah, um, there are so many, so 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 many things to learn from, even if the cars aren't the exact same. 
Yeah, and uh, just a bit more on W Series, actually. There's uh, been that big broadcast deal announced with Sky as well and highlights on Channel 4. I mean, uh, that, that sort of visibility for the series is going to be really important, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's going to bring a whole new audience to W Series. Um, it did such a great job in the first few years. There was only one place for it to go. Um, so, yeah, that's going to bring a whole new dimension um, to, to fans. And it's, it just seems to keep growing and growing. Yeah, is is there a place you're looking forward to, to racing most this year? Maybe other than Silverstone. Oh, I was going to say Silverstone. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> which, is, which is really boring, right? I should be saying something like Suzuka or something, but nothing like British fans, no. <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to going back to Kota because I really enjoyed Kota. Miami, I think, is going to be off the chart, so I'm going to go Miami. But really, I'm saying Silverstone. And um, the amount of sort of like people that have gone into W Series as well. I mean, the, the sort of quality of the people that are coming in, it shows the intention of, of the way the series is trying to go, I guess. Yeah. Um, honestly, the, I wouldn't be racing without W Series or I wouldn't, I definitely would not have got back into racing without W Series. So I have a lot to thank them for. Um, and what they're doing is great. They're creating so many opportunities for females out there and I'm lucky enough to be one of them. So yeah, um, it's moving in the right direction and long live W Series. And just for the rest of the Formula One season as well, is there, um, you know, what what is the target for Aston now? If you, I mean, if you're in a position to say, obviously, we're we're here to win races and we're here to win world championships. I think that's the only goal that we want. Um, but again, as I said earlier, that, that doesn't happen overnight. We know that we've got work to do, but we have got strategies in place to make that happen. Um, it's just not going to happen overnight, unfortunately. Yeah, fair enough. But um, but one thing I did want to finish with uh, is a, a section we've been doing with everyone called Formula One Firsts. So this is basically just asking everyone who's been on the show just their sort of very first memories of Formula One, really. Uh, so the first the first thing I want to ask you within that, Jess, is uh, what is your first memory of Formula One? I've got a feeling I was at my dad's house and I can't remember what year it was, but I remember being pretty young. And Fernando Alonso, I can't remember if he was winning, but or he was coming through the pack or something like that. Um, I remember him and he was in the blue and blue car, blue and yellow car. Yeah, the Renault, yeah. Yeah. Um that, that I don't know what year it was, but that's I think my first memory. Was that where the sort of love of Formula One started? Did you did you sort of keep it on your radar since? I think so. I think that was um because to be honest, when I first started racing, I didn't even know what racing was. Um it was just something that I fell upon one day. I saw it in the distance and I begged. Um, and I don't know if that was before or after that Formula One. Maybe it was, I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. First. Yeah, that's interesting. Almost a sort of reverse approach to it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so sort of moving on from that, like, what was the, the first race you can remember going to? I think I was quite old before I went to an actual... I've got a feeling I was not... I was 18 or something before I'd actually gone to a Formula One event, maybe even a bit later. No, I must have been about 17 or 18, Silverstone. And I've got a feeling Lewis was either just coming into his prime or he would, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but, you know, the last thing I wanted to ask you, like, who was the sort of first driver or team you supported? I think I've got to say Alonso. He was the first, he was the standout at the time when I first saw that race in Monaco. So I didn't know what teams were, if I'm completely honest. So I don't, I can't give you a team. No, fair enough, fair enough. But thank you very much for answering those questions. And thank you very much for appearing on Talking Point, Jess. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me.
A big thank you to Aston Martin and to Jess for appearing on the show. But now we're going to look ahead to to this weekend in Miami. But we're also going to take a look back at the first few races of the season and who's been the unluckiest driver. Uh, so we put a post out on our social media pages asking you for, for your thoughts as who's been the unluckiest so far this season. And my Planet F1 colleague, John Wilde, is here to join me. And John, um, we've had some we've had some interesting answers to this, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yeah, several drivers in the mix, Henry. And uh, yeah, all had different degrees of bad luck so far. Yeah, definitely. And uh, there's one there's one that stood out particularly emphatically, in fact, um, by, by far the most uh, commented on driver, uh, Carlos Sainz. Um, like, Urex said uh, Carlos is the only right answer. And Dean wrote that uh, Carlos has had a torrid start to the season. You can see in his body language as he watches his teammate leading the championship. And we had absolutely piles of comments on him. But John, where, where do you stand on Sainz's luck this season? Um, I certainly don't think it's a no-brainer that he's been the un- unluckiest driver by any means. Um, I think some of his um, misfortune has been uh, of his own doing, really. There's been a couple of mistakes from him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of the bad luck, we have to go back to uh, to Australia qualifying, don't we, when um, he was caught out, really, by Fernando Alonso's um, crash. Um, Sainz had just, uh, he was just on the point of putting in what looked a really good lap and the red flags came out and, um, and that scuppered him from... Uh, from setting a, a potential front row time. And um, we know what happened in the race after that. He um, he, he spun out. Uh, and then there, w- there was another occasion, obviously, similar wasn't there, when he um, he was taken out of the race by Daniel Ricciardo on the opening lap. So yeah, a couple of uh, examples of bad luck, but also at, uh, at Imola, he did spin out of um, of qualifying as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a mixture for Carlos Sainz. I certainly wouldn't say he's been um, by far the unluckiest driver uh, to this point. Yeah, that's it. There have been elements of bad luck, but as you say at Imola, he, he did well in the sprint to get himself back up to position in 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 that. And then, you know, there's there's not much he could have done about it, really, to be fair. No, absolutely no. I mean, that was entirely Daniel Ricciardo's fault, wasn't it? He got, got across the... Um, the curb on the wet track there just went straight into uh, the side of Sainz and uh, Sainz got beached in the gravel. You know, ironically, Ricardo was able to continue, albeit uh, not competitively. But uh, yeah, it's had a big impact on Sainz's season. He's dropped well below his uh, his teammate Charles Leclerc in the standings and it's looking very much now as though he's going to have to play a supporting role within the Ferrari team. Unless that changes very quickly, of course. But another driver who, who seemed to be, pop up in your comments as well was uh, was Sainz's uh, compatriot, Fernando Alonso. Uh, ben wrote when we asked who the unluckiest driver was, uh, Alonso probably. Uh, Max's lack of luck is sort of offset by his two wins. Alonso's just suffered incidents and issues the whole time. Uh, and at Impartial F1 fan on Twitter wrote, Fernando Alonso, uh, a race retirement due to a mechanical issue in Saudi while performing well, a uh, mechanical issue in Australia qualifying when looking good for the front row, hampering his weekend, also not helped with the safety car in that race uh, and also hit by Mick Schumacher in Imola ending his race I mean John I'd say Fernando Alonso is a good candidate yeah, most definitely. I think uh, of the two Spaniards, I would say Alonso's had uh, more than his, his uh, share of bad luck, uh, certainly compared to Carlos Sainz as well. I mean, we only have to look back at Imola last week, don't we, when um, on the opening lap he found Mick Schumacher's car went into the side of his and uh, caused some damage to the bodywork. And then we saw uh, a few laps later when Lewis Hamilton was uh, was overtaking him a big a big sort of piece of the bodywork just flew up into the air, didn't it, off the car. And it was described as being looking like something out of a movie, the way that that happened. <laughs> and and that, that was the race race over for the two-time Formula
former world champion. Um, as you say, he had that breakdown in Saudi Arabia and then the, the qualifying crash in Australia as well, where through no fault of his own, it turned out he crashed. Um, there was a, a hydraulic issue that uh, affected his power steering. So it's, yeah, I mean, it, he, he was quoted uh, last week as saying he should have 25 or 30 points, Fernando yeah. Alonso, so far, rather than just the two that he sits yeah. on. So that, that tells you the story and, and none of it has been his fault at all, really. Yeah, look. It, it, if you look at the driver standings, it looks like it, it almost isn't real with Fernando Alonso. He he does look like he started the season so well. I mean, he's he's looked comfortably the quicker of the two Alpines for for the first few races, at least in my opinion. I don't know. Um, I don't know what his luck has to do to change. I mean, especially in Australia too. You know, when he got caught out in qualifying, he tried to to rectify that by using the reverse strategy, starting on a harder tire than everyone else, and then he just got caught out by the safety car, didn't he? So you know, there's there's not a lot that's gone right for him so far. Absolutely. I think um, all of us F1 fans want to see Fernando have a really strong race again, don't we? Because he's such an exciting driver to watch. He got a podium last year in Qatar, of course, when he finished third. Um, in Australia, he could well have started certainly on the front two rows. And uh, if everything had gone right for him there, then who knows, it could have been another podium. But uh, yeah, I certainly hope to see his, uh, his fortune turn around and uh, see some strong performances from him in the upcoming races. And we all know that Mercedes have been struggling as well. And uh, and a fair few votes have also come in for Lewis Hamilton on this, being the unlucky driver. Um, a different Ben wrote, <laughs> clearly Hamilton. Yes, Max has had two DNS, but he's had the speed to compete when he's got the reliability. Uh, the way the car has been for Lewis, though, and his horrendous luck with safety cars has been shocking, quite frankly. Uh, total opposite is George Russell, in fact, who has all the luck in the world so far, but both amazing drivers, of course. Uh, and Gaz also said Lewis Hamilton after the two safety cars that where he had bad luck. I mean, yes, Mercedes haven't had the strongest car, but... But, but yeah, Hamilton has had some bad luck, hasn't he? Yes, he definitely has. I think on a lower level than than Fernando Alonso, it hasn't been costing him um, race finishes, for example. It's just been putting him further down the order than he should have been. And they've all been related to sort of safety car periods and pit stops, really, haven't they? Um, he was unable to come into the pit lane in Saudi Arabia when it was uh, when it was closed. Um, I mean, at Imola last week, for example, he stayed out probably just a little bit too long before coming in for slicks. He came in when there was, uh, you know, an, an absolute sort of traffic jam trying to to get out of the pit lane as well. He was compromised by a, an unsafe release for, for Esteban Ocon that nearly put Hamilton into the pit wall. So it's really just been sort of strategy issues that have um, have affected the seven-time champion. Um, and that's something that, uh, that Mercedes need to start getting right. And, and certainly George Russell has been uh, the beneficiary of that so far. Yeah, Russell's the only driver to have finished in the top five in every race so far. And you do get the feeling that Hamilton would have been with him all the way, you know, bar the, the sort of DRS train he got himself stuck in an Imola. And uh, every so often there is just that sort of kind of race for Hamilton, isn't there, where it just hasn't gone right. And uh, it just feels like there's been a few of them in a row this year. Yeah, definitely. It's about time his, his look turned for the better. And uh, let's just see what Mercedes can do with that poor poising W13. It's, uh, you know, they, they need to get to the bottom of that and uh, get them further up the order on the grid and hopefully in races as well. Yeah, and they said it's a very simple thing, isn't it? Because to get on top of it, they have to raise the ride height and raising the ride height then uh, drops the performance level as well. So it's all about once, they, once they're once they able to sort that and run the cars closer to the ground again, then you'd, you'd think that would be their, their problem solved. But again, there could still be a significant performance gap to Red Bull and Ferrari, couldn't there? Yeah, absolutely. I know that um, Johnny Herbert was talking last week and he said... He could he could give Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton a chance of winning a race, but he doesn't really think it'll happen until perhaps towards the end of the season. So uh, there could be a little bit of hardship to suffer uh, for them in the meantime as well. 
And yes, lastly, we, uh, we've we also had a couple of comments about Max Verstappen. Um, I mean, a couple of people earlier on did say that his uh, his luck, sort of been, luck has been offset by a couple of wins in there. And it, it's true that every uh, every race he's started or um, or every race he's finished, excuse me, he's won so far. But, uh, but Franz Schick writes, uh, definitely Max Verstappen being unluckiest. Uh, huge effort and pace, but very low points outcome due to not being his fault. Uh, that's different with Carlos Sainz, who is also unlucky, but lots of unnecessary mistakes. I mean, that, that seems like the key difference, doesn't it, John? The fact that when when Verstappen has done you know done an entire race distance he, he's not put a foot wrong yeah it's just a very very simple one to weigh up isn't he Max Verstappen this season two wins two DNFs both of those retirements no fault of his whatsoever both to do with the RB18 uh, fueling issue in Bahrain and then uh, the similar sort of thing again in Australia so yeah I mean um, you know Max He's, he's driving like a world champion, you would say. And, you know, he's missed out on 36 points through through no fault of his own. He would be ahead of Charles Leclerc uh, in the world championship, but for them, uh, following Leclerc's mistake at Imola. Uh, so, yeah, it's just all about the reliability, really. Uh, can Red Bull get that right from Miami onwards? I think you know, that's the key to their season. And yes, let's talk about Miami. So it's another brand new circuit for Formula One. It's, uh, I mean, it's complete with with a marina that isn't quite really a marina, but it's it's another new circuit for Formula One. It's uh, designed by Apex Design, so it's sort of a move away from uh, from Herman Tilker on this occasion. It's uh, it's going to look like an interesting weekend, John. Like what what do you make of the, like the circuit itself? But you know, another race in America now. Formula One's doing so well over there. Yeah, I really can't wait to see what it's got to offer, to be honest. It's uh, going to be the the second of three next year. I mean, um, you know, once we've seen Miami, we've, we've probably seen nothing until we get to Las Vegas next year. That'll probably sort of, uh, you know, outstrip everything, won't it? Literally, if you'll pardon the pun. But, really? uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be one of those weekends where all the celebrities come out to play, won't they? There'll be your, there'll be your David Beckhams there and people like that uh, on, on the grid, probably. It's, uh, it's going to be a really thrilling occasion. And, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the track's got to offer. I know that the um, the drivers that have been on the sim, tried it out there, have all spoke very favourably of it. Uh, the likes of Pierre Gasly and Valtteri Bottas, I know for, for two in particular, uh, are both really looking forward to it. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be another really interesting occasion. And uh, we'll see what the weather does as well. That, that could play a, play a part as well, the, uh, the, the sort of typical... Tropical Florida showers might uh, might materialize and uh, and mix it up as well. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting for the title race as well. I mean, Charles Leclerc still has a big lead uh, in the championship, but that could be eroded even further, especially if uh, Verstappen keeps up the form he showed, particularly in Imola. Yeah, I mean, the one good thing, I guess, for, for Charles Leclerc this weekend is there's no sprint, no no sprint qualifying, which uh, which offers eight points to the winner. And Max, of course, took took the full house, didn't he, in, uh, in Imola last time out. He took uh, 34 points altogether that weekend and, and you know, made big inroads into Leclerc's title lead. So, um, yeah, um, again, it, for Ferrari, it's all about getting to the finish. I think they've got a very fast car. I think they'll fully expect to to be on the front row, certainly with Leclerc, if not Sainz. So, uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, Leclerc will obviously see uh, Verstappen as his big danger this weekend and uh, he'll hope to uh, to keep him behind him and try and gain a, a third win of the season. 
And it's it's a track with sort of different characteristics what we've uh, seen so far in in the season. But quite a quite a few sort of mid speed corners as well, and a very very tricky uh, middle sector from the looks of it. But also a big long straight down towards uh, turn seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen to to finish the race. So it could or to finish the lap, excuse me. And it's um, it looks like an interesting interesting one, doesn't it? And it's uh, the first of a ten year deal that they have. So if it doesn't if it doesn't deliver, then you'd hope that uh, it does sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would imagine that there are there is some scope for them to um, to sort of uh, redefine the track a little bit if uh, if it doesn't prove to be exactly what's hoped for this time around. Uh, a bit like they did with with Saudi Arabia as well, with it being sort of a uh, more or less a street circuit uh, around the uh, the Hard Rock Stadium there. So uh, yeah, big long straight. Sure, we'll see plenty of overtaking on that, and the uh, the high and medium speed corners should prevent. Uh, provide quite a, a thrilling spectacle and uh yeah like i said before it's one that i'm really looking forward to and uh, uh just just the timings um are interesting as well it's going to be a, a bit of a late uh, a late night for us uh working on the site throughout the weekend yeah. but uh, Here in the UK, it's, yeah. it's it's going to be it's going to be fun though and uh yeah it's uh, it's it's always great to get a new circuit onto the the calendar isn't it and see what it's got to offer so uh yeah it's one that uh, that i think we're all relishing yeah, exactly, John. And thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Henry. Thank you to you uh, for watching or listening as well. Make sure you can uh, you can follow all of the Miami Grand Prix uh, across the course of the weekend here with us on Planet F1. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media as well. And once again, a big thank you uh, to Aston Martin and for Jess Hawkins for appearing on today's show. And yes, thank you very much. And we will be speaking to you after the Miami Grand Prix. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.